Praise the Lord. Well, I am so glad you all are out here tonight. Came out on a Wednesday night to hear the truth, and that just means you love God. Honor God and honor His Word. Hallelujah. So thankful, and I'm so honored to be here tonight and to be able to speak into your lives the Word of God. God's put a word in my heart. I believe it's a word for this day and hour. It's a word for our church and for all believers. And so I'm thankful you came out tonight. I don't believe you're here by accident. I don't think it's just a coincidence. I think God planned on you being here. He knew you were coming and he prepared a word just exactly for your heart. Praise God. You're so loved. So before I get into the word here, let's just bow our heads and we're going to pray and believe God with his word tonight to do exactly what he wants. Father, we're just thankful and grateful for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the preparation of my heart. I thank you that you're going to speak the word through me exactly as you want it, Lord. And I praise you for the Holy Spirit, the helper tonight. He's helping me, Lord. He's given me the words to say to teach your people. And I'm thankful for every heart in this place being open for the word of God to come in being susceptible and vulnerable to the Word of God, that He can teach us, that He can show us, that He can help us tonight. And I'm just thankful for Him, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and thanksgiving for this night, and you'll get all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. Well, if you've been coming regularly, you know that pastors have been preaching um, this, uh, since the first of the year on, this is the year of empowerment to the body of Christ, amen, to our body at least. And also been talking somewhat about growing up in God. Well, we know to be empowered, you do have to grow up in God, is that right? You have to have the word in us because the word is what has the power. So you have no word, you have no power, and you have no way to do the word, praise God. So I'd like to... Um, Start with that, but God also just wants us to grow up, doesn't he? Have you guys, um, have all of you guys been doing the uh, chapter a day, reading the chapter of day since the first of the year? Well, if you haven't, I would just so encourage you to do that. And it's not just because the pastors told us to do it. However, that would be a really good reason because they hear God on our behalf. But if you read the chapter of day, at just out of obedience to the Lord, God's going to bless you with it. He's going to reveal more to you in that than you can imagine. He's going to bless your life because you've obeyed and did that. And to read the words to obey God, right? So it's just an amazing opportunity if you take it. My husband and I have been reading it together in the afternoon. You don't have to read it any certain time of day, but just as long as you read it. But we've been enjoying it together and then talking a little bit about it. But if you just read it slow and you just think about it as you read it, watch how much the Word will impact you. It's just amazing what God can do with one little simple thing of obedience like listening to the Word and reading the Word. So if you're not doing that, it's not too late to get on board. Just get you a sheet of paper out there that tells what you read each day. You can catch up. We're only into it a few weeks. So, well, as a prayer, prayer, um, 
I've been hearing a lot in the spirit, and, and I know a lot of the prayers in this church have, about us um, yielding to God, about us going deeper into the word, about us growing up and getting bigger in God. That's the word. Now, if God's putting that in the hearts of the prayers, he's putting it in the hearts of the entire body of Christ, I believe. Because that's what God needs us to do in these last days. We're in the last days, whether you believe it or not, or whether you realize it or not. We're in the last days for planet Earth to be as it is. And so it's time to do some changing because God needs a little help from us. He needs us, not that he's helpless, but he needs us to do what he's told us to do. And we want to as lovers of God, don't we? Well, you know, growing up, just like in anything, you know, you've heard people, farmers talk about, somebody will say, my goodness, you, you sure do, that, do your job good. You sure are a good farmer. And they'll say, well, you know, I just have grown up with it. My daddy was a farmer. My grandpa was a farmer. and His daddy was a farmer. I grew up with it. Same thing for a lot of uh, those kind of things. Take an Olympian. And you say, my gosh, you are awesome. You can do that so well. Well, they grew up with it. They spent years doing it. Well, that's kind of how it is with the Word of God. God wants us to grow up with it. He wants us to get big because of the Word. We can grow up in the Word if we do what they did, spend time with it, hang around it. Um, we just need to be with it and to give it some attention, give it some time. Anything we do that with, we're going to grow up with it. So we want to grow up with the Word and get big in the Word. To get big in the Word is for the Word to get big in us. And I don't think there's one person in this place tonight on Wednesday night, if it were a Sunday, we have some people who just come on Sundays, but you guys are here because you do love the Word. And you do want to get bigger in God. And you love God. You want your life to be better in God. Well, this is how we do it. We pay more attention to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul said, you know, I press toward the goal for the prize, for, the upward call, for my upward call in Christ. I press for the goal for the prize of the upward call. That's what we're doing. We're pressing for the goal for the prize. We've got to reach the goal to get the prize. Hallelujah. So um, the other thing I need to tell you is to be in the Word, you've got to want God because God is His Word. John 1.1 says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So we've got to want God. How many in here want God? Go ahead and raise your hand up because if you don't, you will before the night's over. <laughs> you want God tonight. Almost every time I minister, I'm trying to get everybody to want and love God. Because I do. I love God and I want God and I've wanted Him for a good many of years. But God created us to want Him. He actually put the want to down in our heart. So therefore, we have no excuse to not want God. But the thing of it is, and you all know this, he gave us a will, didn't he? He said, I'm going to let them do what they will, hoping we'll choose his will. 
That's why we have the word. But he's going to give us a choice, even though we got the want to in us. We've got to choose the want to. You guys remember that, back, they may still do this, but back in the day, you'd see a little angel on one shoulder on a cartoon and a little devil on the other one. And so, and that's so, really, you think about it, that's a good visual because we have a war in here with the enemy trying to get us to live like the world and like natural man not living by the Spirit, and an angel is supposedly telling us to live like the Word, like God, you know, and live like the Word says and do what God says. So we got to choose. We still got to choose. There's never going to be a day in our life, in our serving God here on earth, where we don't have to choose Him, choose the Word, and choose Him. Because when we choose the Word, we are choosing God because He is His Word. The problem is we've looked at too many other things to satisfy us. Not on purpose. I mean, we can go out of here tonight with every single intention of putting our focus on God primarily, giving him more focus than we give anything else. And we're going to talk about ways to do that tonight. You know, God put us here. He knows we got to eat. we got to sleep. You know, we got to take care of ourselves in this world. It's not just like we can sit and read the Bible 24-7. we got to sleep sometimes. God knows that, but he also knows a way that we can get this word in us and live in this word. And I believe that's the heart cry of everybody in here, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about that. It's exactly um, getting our... I want to change. You know, I, I wrote in my notes, God gives us the want to, but somewhere along the line, we just get the want to messed up. And it's just when we devote our attention to other things. Well, you know, that's how born-again Christians backslide. That's exactly how it happens. And it doesn't happen overnight. It happens one little step at a time, one little piece at a time, one little thought at a time. When you start thinking about something else, and that's then you give all of your thought to that. Because you know what? I'll just be honest with you. Human beings, we're addic- we have addictions. Uh, the Word of God is addictive, though. But so are a lot of other things in the world are addictive. Because we're like creatures of habit. And so when we find something that satisfies us, it's more than likely satisfying our flesh more than anything else. But when it satisfies us, then we want to keep going back to that. But pretty soon that satisfaction of that thing will wear off. Worldly things don't satisfy all the way to the end. It's only Jesus in our heart that satisfies from now on. He is the only satisfaction. And he's always available to satisfy us. Jesus said that whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst again. Well, that's what happens when we backslide. We just quit drinking the water at his well and drink it somewhere else. You know, we just got to stay tapped into the water of God and drink at the well of the water of the word. It'll keep us from falling away. Now, I I don't know if you've ever fell away. I fell away one time in my life. I know exactly how it happened. I'm not going to ever do it again. But I I like to tell newborn Christians this. You know, whatever you do, just stay in God. Because once you think you're going to stay in God and then you're going to do the things of the world too, that's when you get off track. 
That's when you get messed up and you want to change us to the point that no longer do you want God. So don't let that happen. Just know that if you're not in the Word, something's going to happen and it ain't going to be good. Somewhere along the line, the devil's going to come and trip you up. There's going to be a circumstance. There's going to be a person come into your life, a relationship. You might even get a lot of money and then you just go, go wild with it. You know what I'm saying? But what's going to happen if we don't stay in touch and we don't stay connected to God and do what he said to do and be faithful to the house of God, be faithful to the word of God? We're going to get tripped up. And the devil knows it. But the good news is we don't have to. We don't ever have to go back. Because when we go back, then we got to get come back again. And do you ever feel like some people are kind of like yo-yos? You know, you see them for a while and you don't see them. You see them for a while and you don't see them. It's just because they're choosing both worlds. They're choosing this world part of the time and they're choosing that, that part. They're choosing God part of the time. So we've got to be consistent in some things of the word. We're going to talk about it, but we've got to be consistent with God. If we don't do anything else, be consistent with the word. Hallelujah. Getting the word into us. Um, Kathy, you want to put up one nineteen fifty seven, and this is in the Passion Translation, if you want to follow along. I love this. I told you earlier, you know, it's what satisfies us. What is it that satisfies us? Well, this scripture says, You are my satisfaction, Lord, and all that I need. So I'm determined to do everything you say. How does he know? How do we know what he says? It's in the word. Amen? So the word is there for us to say and to speak. We'll talk a little later. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but speaking the word but he said psalmist said and i say too you are my satisfaction lord and everything i need god is everything we need and you might be thinking well i need that new car god can get you that new car well i need a new house well god can get you that new house we don't have to go off the deep end and figure out a way to go deeply in debt to get what we want we can believe god amen God will show us how to do that. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, I wrote this down too. When we're satisfied, we're willing. You get that? When you're satisfied, you're willing. Take a little kid and you give him a sucker. You can almost get that kid to do anything, can't you? I mean, he's satisfied. He's got his sugar. He got his sucker and he's satisfied. Well, that's how we are too. When we're satisfied, we're willing. Remember Pastor Jerry preaching that message on willingness, on being willing just a couple weeks ago, I think it was? Well, when we're satisfied in God, we're willing to do what God wants. We're willing to spend the time in the Word. We're willing to go to church on a regular basis. When we're satisfied, and it's the Word that satisfies us. Since we don't have any excuse for not wanting God or wanting the Word, you know why? Because of Philippians 2.13. Kathy, you want to put that up? I, I go over this scripture. I know I do every single time I'm up here. And I probably always will because this is key, people. This is key to serving God and being faithful. 
not in your own strength, for it's God who's all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. I love how that is amplified. So it's not in our strength, but it's God working inside of us, helping us to do it. So people, when we do the right things, we can't really even take credit for it, except for I did choose it. I chose God. You know, we can take the credit for choosing. He's given us that, but it's God that really does the work because there's no man that can change us. There's no, I can't change you people. If I could, I would stay all night trying to. I can't change you. And you know what else? Even God can't make you want him. He can't make you, but he can give you the ability to do it. He can give you the desire and the want to to do it. But he's never, ever, ever going to force himself on any person. That's not in his character. So you just have to choose that. And you know with how good God is and amazing he is, it's not hard for me to choose him. How about you? It's good to choose God. It always works out better for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He didn't make us like puppets. That's why he gave us that free will. We wouldn't have wanted to be a puppet anyway. You know, we want to choose and do things. And when I'm, I'm just positive that when, when we choose God, he is so pleased. You know, he always loves us no matter what, even when we're not bringing him pleasure. He loves us. But when we want him, he's pleased. You tell me how you feel when somebody wants you, wants to be around you, enjoys your fellowship wants to spend time doing things with you. It blesses your heart. Well, that's how God is. He blesses his heart when we want him and we want to be with him and spend time with him. Praise God. So I say let's just be willing for him. Praise the Lord. You know, he did also, he helps us. I said he gives us the desire and he helps us. He does it by the Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? precious spirit of God that he put inside of us. He put him inside of us when we ask God into our heart. And I love that the Holy Spirit is always there to help. And he wants so badly to assist us in everything God wants us to do. He's on task to do that. So we don't have any excuse. We really don't have any excuse. And when we get, let the Holy Spirit give us the want to, he'll make the word a big deal in our life. He'll make the word a big deal to us when we let him work that want to for God in us. He's just all about the word and about God. Praise the Lord. John 16, 13 says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, and that's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. Wouldn't you love it if everybody just always tell you the whole truth? He'll guide you into the whole truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, and he's hearing from God, he will speak, and he'll tell you things to come. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to know things to come. 
And it's always the things he tells us that are to come are always things that are going to benefit us and things that are going to help us in this life, right? Because God, that's the only way God does things. And so um, the message says at the, uh, it says, I didn't read that. Yeah, the spirit of truth. And the message says, but when the friend comes, he will take you by the hand and lead you into all the truth there is. I didn't give that to Kathy. But he, number one, he's our friend, and he's going to take us by the hand. Now, I don't know about you, but I like somebody to take me by the hand and show me. Now, show me how to do this. When I'm learning how to do something, especially anything in electronics or anything hard, I always want to take me by the hand and show me. Don't just flip through that, and I don't even know what you're doing, but I need a little extra help. You know, are you guys like that? Probably not all of you. There's young people in here. They probably know stuff just like that. Praise the Lord. But the Holy Spirit reveals the Word to us. That's His job. Because just to read the Word without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get anything. Have you ever tried that? I did before I got born again. I tried reading the Bible, and it was all Greek to me and Hebrew, but I didn't know any of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, He brings power to the written word, when we read this, this Bible, when we read this, he brings power to it, and the power is to reveal it to us. It makes it so simple. The word is simple, but if we read it without the Spirit's help, it doesn't seem that way, does it? It seems like it could be hard and difficult, but it isn't. The word of God says that the, the word is the spirit of truth. But the word of God in Ephesians 6 says that uh, it's the sword of the Spirit. Remember, that's what Jesus used, the sword of the Spirit. It is our weaponry against the enemy. Hallelujah. But when we look into the word, the Holy Spirit can reveal to us exactly where we're at in life. When we read in it, he can show us this is where you're at. And then he can show us, and this is where you need to go. This is how far you need to go. Now, it might just be a baby step because we start out like babies, right? And sometimes I feel like I'm still a baby. I could just need to get up and get saved again, if you know what I mean. But anyway, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us where we're at. He'll also show us uh, what we need to change, what we need to adjust, where we need to submit, where we need to yield. He's going to show us all of that stuff through the Word. He shows us what can be added to us. He shows us what we need to let go of. That's how God trains us through the Word, is through the help of the Holy Spirit. And He wants to do that. And I want Him to do that in me, don't you? I want the help of the Holy Spirit. He is always welcome, but He needs to know that too. Hallelujah. He's constantly at work to perform the Word of God in us. When we're standing and believing the Word for something that the Word says we have, like healing, for instance, or financial prosperity, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is at work trying to get to us the complete and total revelation of how we can have that. He's working. We just, start, we just start meditating on the Word, and He'll just start revealing how you can have that. Because this says this, and this says that. And this agrees with that, and that's confirmation. Go with it. The Holy Spirit can train us. 
and he can train us individually. He may teach me differently than he teaches you, but he's still going to teach you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows us inside out. And he knows how to train us in the word of God, and he wants to. He can show us how to live and how to not live. He can show us how the choices we need to make for a day, for a week, for a month. He can show us on down the road what we need to do. That's the, that's the help of the Holy Spirit. It's the revelation of the word by the Holy Spirit that makes our heart tender to God. That's what he does. That's how he makes us want God, is he makes our heart tender to God, to let God come in and yield it. He, lets, he causes our heart just to be opened up to God and to other people once we've had God. Praise the Lord. Uh, Kathy, you want to go to th Colossians 3.16? We don't seem to be moving very fast, but you know it's okay with me if it's okay with you. Uh, this word says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So if we're going to let, the, the, let God dwell in us, uh, the spirit of Christ, the word of Christ, if we're going to let that word dwell in us, that means we're going to need it to live in us because that's what dwell means. It means to live in us. And the, the way we do that is just exactly like this. We don't fit the word around our life. We fit our life around the word. Now let me say that again. Listen, we don't fit the word around our life, around our plans, around the way we want to do things, but we fit the we we let the word, we fit ourselves around the word, not the word around us. Just it's like a, a wheel with spokes, you know, in the middle, just say in the middle is God. Okay, in the middle. Uh, is the word and around all the spokes that's our life it's all connected to the spoke it's all connected to God and that doesn't mean we can't ever do anything that doesn't mean we can't ever have anything it's what it means we need to do it in God we need to do it with his blessing we need to do it in his timing we need to do it in his will we need to do it according to him. That's all it means. God would dearly love to manage our lives if we'd let him. And days I need, there's days I really need him to manage mine. Oh, actually, every day we do. Without exception, we need God to manage our lives. But if we let, if, let him dwell in us and make him the center of our life, then he can do that. And that's my desire, and I believe it's yours too, because we want to grow up in God, for goodness sake. We don't want to be babies forever, do we? We don't want to keep falling off the bus and having to get back on. Amen? We want to grow up where we can stand on our legs and we can stand tall for Jesus and people can be one to the Lord because of our life. That's the promise that God gives us if we do these things. Hallelujah. But it always hinges on our desire. Do you remember a few weeks ago or month or whatever, Pastor Trudy taught, a few messages on our desires 
and how our desires go. It's our want to, but our desires dictate all of our choices. And so our desire has to go in the right direction because wrong desires can actually choke the word out of us. But right desires, the right kind of desires, give us a life in God and make room for the word. We'll always have room for the word if we make the right choices. Praise the Lord. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as we don't have time for God. There just is not. There's no such thing as we don't have time for God. Because if we don't have time for God and we're too busy for God, then we're just too busy. You know, we have to realize that. Make him a priority. You'll be surprised how much time God will give and make for you to do the things you love, to do the things you need to do, and the things you enjoy if you just make him your priority. God doesn't want to fit us in a box. I'm not saying that. I'm saying give him priority. Let him have the priority of your life. Look to him. Believe him. Speak his word. Hallelujah. Anything we go after for any amount of time, we're talking about, I named this go after the word, but anytime we go after anything, the more time and the more we go after it, the bigger I want to for that gift. So, you know, you could just start real small and you could just start putting in a little more word every day. And then that would grow, and you would want more. Because as I said earlier, we, we're addictive people. We're, by nature, we become addictive. Whatever we do the most and love the most is what we want to do. That's an addiction. Hallelujah. We know sugar is forever more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, so I just say we need to go after the Word, give it more attention. And then we're going to get a love for the Word like we've never had before. God... He wants us to enjoy it. It's, it isn't like I'm telling you to do something that you're going to have to beat yourself up to do it. You're going to have to make yourself. You're going to have to bribe yourself. I'm not saying that. You start in the Word and you start praying and talking to God and, and asking Him, Lord, give me a desire. Give me more desire for you. Create a clean heart in me. God wants us to ask Him that. He knows we need it. We know we need it. He just wants you to communicate that. He wants us to communicate that to him. Praise the Lord. Uh, Kathy, you want to put up Matthew 4, 4? And this is in the New Century Version, <clears throat> which is not a, probably a real common version, but I like the way it was worded. Um, I'm talking about the only way of growing up is growing up in the Word of God. You know, if Jesus had to grow up by the Word, which he did, Jesus studied the Word from the time he was a small child. If he had to grow up in the Word, what would we think we don't have to? But it paid off, didn't it? When he was in the wilderness, what did he do? He used the Word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Three times he drove the enemy away with it is written. And we can do the same thing if we believe that Word enough. Just saying it's not enough, we've got to believe it when we say it. Well, this verse says... Um, Jesus, in answering the devil, said, It is written in the scriptures, A person does not live by eating only bread, but by everything God says. And that's the truth. We take in all of the word. That's what God says. That's how we really have life. You know, living is not necessarily just being on earth. You know that. I mean, you can be, a, be on earth and 
and be a zombie for that matter. You can be on earth and just be dead to everything but yourself. That's not living. Living is God. He's the one, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And so for the life, for having life, spiritual life, being alive and, and well and and, and loving God and being in God and being blessed and prosperous, that's life. That's living. So if we want to live, just like the Word says, we have to grow up in the Word. Hallelujah. Jesus was equipped with the Word. I think I just said that. Oh, and the Word, this one thing I really love, the Word's incorruptible. It's incorruptible. And one... Um, Meaning of that being incorruptible, it's incapable of being bribed. Well, that's what the devil was trying to do, wasn't he? He was trying to bribe Jesus. But the word's incapable of being bribed. Hallelujah. If we live by the word, we won't fail when it counts the most. When we need it the most, if we're living for the word, we won't fail. We won't fall off the wagon. You know, growing up doesn't happen overnight, does it? Doggone, I wish it would. I wish it would. I wish it would happen overnight. We could just be giant Christians overnight. You know, in a world where everything's push button, tap a button and you've got it. Amazon.com, tap a button, it's at your house in the next day. That's instant. Things are instant. I think as, as a world, we're just so used to everything being like that. So when we read the Word a couple days or a couple weeks, we think, well, I don't think this is helping me. Well, we're not grown up in the Word yet. We just have to spend time growing up in the Word, and it's a process. You know, you can take a cell phone now. This just blows me away. Well, it doesn't blow me away. but Take your cell phone, take a picture of a check, pop, hit the button. Seth, you know all about this. Hit the button, and that thing goes right into your account. Is that fast? That, but see, that's what we're used to. We're used to quick. We're used to techie things and quick. It's got to happen now, now, now. It's a process. Everybody say, growing up in God's a process. A process, and I'm willing to do it. There we go. I didn't know if you were going to add that. First <laughs> Peter 2, 1 through 3. Thanks, Kathy, for being so patient with me. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And if indeed you, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Talking to born-again Christians right here, it said to desire the pure milk of the word. You know, there's levels of the word. Babies can't sit down and eat a big old steak, can they? No. They need the milk. And what do they do to get it? They cry, don't they? They cry out for the word. Well, the New Living Translation on verse 2 says, cry out for this nourishment. Instead of desire the pure milk of the word, it said, cry out for this nourishment. That's what babies do. They get it done, don't they? Well, that's what God wants us to have, that intensity. You are not going to shut that baby up till you feed him, right? Well, we shouldn't be shut up. We shouldn't quit till we get it. Don't quit till we get that word. We get the revelation of that word. And we can get it. Some people say, I can't get the word. We can get it 
because the Holy Spirit's helping us. There's no one on planet Earth that wants the Word and loves God and gets saved that can't get the Word because the Holy Ghost comes in to help them. So we can get the Word. So we got to cry out for that nourishment, praise God. You know, and Peter, uh, up here in this verse, Peter apparently didn't see any fruit in these Christians according to verse 1. And it was according to how they were living. And there was just no love because, look, they had malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. And you might be saying, well, I don't do any of that. Well, it's probably not for you. It's probably for everybody else that's going to hear this message. But malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, I bet all of us could have engaged in some of that, maybe even on a smaller level at some time. Amen? Maybe even yesterday. Maybe even, I don't know. But we can't discount the fact that it's the Word that keeps us from that. No matter what it is, if it's out of God and not according to His Word, then the Word can take care of it. Knowing the Word and feeding on the Word. And continuing, as we continue in the Word, we're going to grow up. And we're going to look more like God. And we're going to look more mature. Now, babies grow up. Wouldn't it be a sad state of affairs if they grew up and they still acted like a baby? It would. But, it, you know, we can, we can do the same thing, basically. We can come to church every week and we can pretend like we're a Christian and we think maybe we are, you know, a Christian on li alive for God. But if we're not getting the Word, we're still babies inside. We're talking about spiritual babies inside. When we don't take the Word in as the nourishment and grow up, then we're babies. And that's who Peter was talking to here. Um, the writer of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, is speaking to the Gentiles and the Jews concerning spiritual maturity. And Kathy, would you put up Hebrews 5, 12 through 14? And I'm going to read this in the message just because, because I can and because I love the way it's worded. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourself. He's talking to these people. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics of God all over again, starting from square one, baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food a long time ago, milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. Well, you notice that um, he said, by this time you ought to be teaching. That tells me they've been a Christian for a while. Okay, being a Christian for a long time doesn't make you mature in God. It doesn't make us grown up in the Word. And we're probably still floundering around because we're not. Making mistakes, doing the wrong things, and then having to get right back up, pick ourselves, and start all over again. But it, you can be, in the, in, be a Christian for years and years decades and not grow up in the word because you don't have to you only have to if you want to live big in God if you want to go on in God and make a difference in this world do you know on planet earth God only has us believers I'm talking about all believers he only has the believers 
who are a minority in earth, to fill the world with the word. Because we've got to use our mouths to do it. He's only got us. And he needs every single one of us to be grown up and moving out in him. Knowing the word, walking in the word, preaching the word, loving people like the word says to. God needs us to do that. Hallelujah. Mature ones practice the word, and they, they're able to discern right from wrong. You know, some Christians do things wrong, and they don't have a clue it's wrong. They don't have any the spirit of discernment working in them. The Holy Spirit's not able to discern right from wrong in them, telling them what's right and wrong, because they don't spend enough time in the word to know what's right and wrong. That's not us. I say, that's not us. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. We're going to get to some better stuff here. This, this kind of downer, huh? <laughs> and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for, to, for until now you're not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal. For where there are envy, strive, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another says, I'm of Apollos, Apollos, are you not carnal? Well, you know what the thing was? They were immature. They weren't walking in unity, and according to this, they weren't walking in love. And we won't be able to do either one of those if we're not connected to the Word. And if we don't start loving the Word and being in the Word, because the Word transforms us. It changes us if we let our heart take it in. The Word has the power on it to change us and transform us, just like we were singing that song tonight. It's the Spirit of God on and in the Word that can transform us into God's image. Hallelujah. And that verse, um, Kathy, if, you, if you'll put up 2 Corinthians 3.18. There we go. But not in the Amplified, hon. Well, do you have it in the other? If you don't, I'll read it in the Amplified. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured, that means transformed, into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. That's what I told you. It's a process. For this comes from the Word, who is the Spirit. So we have the Spirit helping us to go from one phase to the next. From one glory to degree of glory to the next is from looking like God a little bit to looking like God a whole lot. That's what that glory does. It's like when we look in a mirror. We look in and we see who we are, and not only that, we see who we can become. That's how that mirror works. And unveiled here just means uncovered. Our faces are uncovered. We're looking in. We're not distracted. We don't have anything blinding us. We're looking in at the Word. Jesus had to find out who he was in the Scriptures just like we have to. And he did it. Transformed means a soul transformation. Transformation, yes. Transformation. When we get saved, we know our spirit gets changed. Amen. The spirit of God comes in and changes our spirit. But the flesh doesn't change. The thinking don't always change. 
it might a little bit. You might, you, you're, I know from seeing people get born again, best day of their life, right? Think back, and that's why they talk about, uh, the word says in Revelations, think back on your first love and how you were with your first love. Well, God wants us to be thinking on that first love all the time. That's what will keep us stirred up, praise the Lord. Um, oh, I did have to throw a Romans 8 scripture in because we know how much Pastor Jerry loves Romans 8, right? So Romans 8, 11, I didn't give it to Kathy because I added it later. But it just talks about the quickening of our mortal bodies in the spirit. This is a good time to tell you. You know, when you get saved, like I was just saying, how your countenance kind of changes? Well, that's what I'm talking about. It, it actually can change your countenance, your outside. And our mind has changed somewhat in believing. It believes we're saved, right? But the Word can change our countenance. The more of the Word you get on you, the difference our countenance will be. You know that because somebody that's been in prayer for a long time, been in the Word for a long time, and you get around them, it's different, isn't it, than if they've been out of the Word for a long time. We know that as well. It's good to be in the Word. It changes us from the inside out, body, soul, and spirit. The Word changes us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Word has the ability to uncover our heart and show us our secret motives and thoughts. Some we like, some we don't like. And believe me, it's only God that can tell us that because you better not be telling me that if you're not God. I don't want other people telling me that. And neither do you. It's hard to swallow when, when people say things to you that you don't want to hear unless the anointing's on it. Like when you're preaching or teaching, then the Spirit's on you. When, then you can tell God, the Spirit of God is moving and sharing, and that's what we're doing tonight. We're, we're covered with the anointing tonight. That's why I can tell you this. Because I know you're not going to get mad if I'm trying to help you. Amen? And this is going to help you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, Paul in uh, Galatians 4, 19, Kathy, Paul was speaking to a group of churches in Galatia. Now, these churches had not quite got the gospel down yet. They were having a little bit of trouble wanting to teeter back and forth with the law and then with the spirit of grace or the gospel of God. So Paul says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, so apparently he's prayed them in already into Jesus. It says, I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So he didn't say Christ is completely formed in you. He said, you still got to have Christ formed in you. And that only comes from the word and the spirit of the word in us. Christ can be formed in us. That's how when we look into the word of God and we see him in the word, that's who we can become. That's how we know it. We can become that. We can come, become like him. Praise the Lord. Till Christ is formed in you. And the Passion Translation says it like this. I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again. Now, I don't know. You men have never had labor pains. But I know you women, most of you probably have. And we can't even tell you what that feels like. But I'm telling you this, 
It's intense. Labor pains are intense. He said he had to labor again. That's how bad Paul wanted life in the church. Paul labored, labored and labored and suffered and was persecuted so that we could have the word, so the people of that day could know the truth, that that word could be passed on. He wrote, what, two-thirds of the New Testament. So he labored. Do you know there's people laboring for us now? We may not even know them. They may not even know us. But intercessors in the earth today are doing this very thing. They're having spiritual labor pains, intense labor pains, praying us into God and into bigger places in God, praying for the church. The intercessors are praying for the church, laboring in the spirit that we get it, that we get this. We can get it, people. We can be bigger in God than we are now. But we have to want it. We have to desire it. We have to want it more than anything else. And we can have it. If we couldn't have it, it'd be different. But every single one of us, without exception, can have it. We can have more of God. We can have more of the Word working in us. We can have more of the anointing over our lives and on our lives to keep us walking in God. Praise the Lord. Um, we forget who we are when we don't attend to the Word. Because we're always looking in it to see who we are. The Word says you're healed. That's who we are. The Word says you're prosperous. That's who we are. The Word says we can live in peace. That's who we are. If we're not having it, then it's not been formed in us. Christ has not been formed in us if we're not living in these blessings, in the blessing of the Lord. Now we want to. Say, I want to. I want to. I want to live in God. I want God. I want the Word. You can talk yourself into it. You can talk yourself into it. If you would, if you choose, we can talk ourselves into it. Your mind might have a battle saying, I don't want to do this, and your heart's saying, but you need to. I don't want to do this in your heart saying, but go ahead and do it. You'll be better off. You can have that war, but we can do it. Choose the right thing, even when it hurts. When it hurts, praise the Lord. The word sanctifies us. Put up John 17, 17, Kathy. Jesus was praying for his disciples, and he said, sanctify them by your truth. That's the word. Your word is the truth, he said. Sanctify just means set them apart, separate them. Separate them by the Word. How's the Word going to separate us? The Word will separate us from evil. The Word will separate us from bad habits. The Word will separate us from anything that opposes God. The Word will, if we'll let it.
because the word sanctifies. And that's what it means. It sets apart, it consecrates, and it separates. Don't you want to be separated from everything that causes you harm? Everything that makes your day a downer? Don't you want to be separated from that? I do. I want the best God has. I don't want to leave nothing on the table. I want it all. I want it all. I want all God has. And I know I can have it. And I'm going after it. And you guys need to too. Say, I'm going after it. I'm going after it after tonight. I'm going after it. I'm going after everything God has. Hallelujah. The power of the word helps to keep us clean. Kathy, put up John 15, 3. I want to live clean, don't you? God helps us live clean. He helps us to live pure. He said in John 15, 3, You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Kathy, put up the next one, Psalm 119, 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. The word cleans us up. It's the power of the word that helps us live a clean life. We can't do it by ourselves, people. I don't care how good we are. Now, you're clean and my clean might be different, but if I'm ugly at all, I'm not clean. And I don't like that. I don't like to be that way. I want to be clean by the word. I want God to clean me every day. Every day, make a clean, put a pure heart in me, Lord. Clean my heart and make me pure, Lord. That's how we need to pray. The, Lord, the word restrains us. How would you like to have a little bit of help holding you back from sin? I do. I would love that. <laughs> help me. Psalm 119.11 in the Living Bible. And it says, I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart. So they would hold me back from sin. Look at that. The word can hold us back from sin. It keeps us from sinning. It restrains us. It puts the nicks on some things. Maybe some things we thought about doing, the word will put the nicks on it if we read the word. Put the word in. You know, whatever you read in the word and it's just speaking to your heart, and maybe you look at it and you go, oh, that was just for me. It wouldn't be a bad idea right now just to write that out. You know, just then, just go ahead and write that out. And then put it where you can see it often. You know, because the more you look at it, the more you meditate on it, the bigger it'll be in you and the more real it'll be. Praise God. And that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. But before I get to that, do you know what sin is? It's knowing to do right and not doing it. That's what sin is. So sin for me could be not sin for you because you don't know the word on that. But knowing to do right and not doing it, it's sin to us. And D.L. Moody, I don't know if you have heard of him. He's a a great writer. He's wrote a lot of books, a great minister of God, an older gentleman. don't even know if he's still living, do you, Judy? But anyway, he used to write in the front of all of his Bibles, this book will keep me from sin or sin will keep me from this book. And that is how it works. So we want to be cleansed. We want to be clean from sin. We don't want sin in our life. Hallelujah. And if we do, 
We know that he is faithful and he forgives us for it. But we don't want that. We don't want to practice that as a habit. I want to put Joshua 1.8 up, Kath. Praise God. One of the biggest things that we have to do with the word is meditate the word. Now, I know Pastor Jerry and Trudy both have spoke on this a lot, but it is the truth. We have to meditate the word. And what meditate means is it's a re-speaking of God's word. That's how it doesn't depart from our mouth because we keep re-speaking it. We keep saying it over. We utter it. We mutter it and talk it to ourselves. That verse says, The book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that's according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Praise the Lord. So it's the meditating. Joshua knew the word. Joshua may have studied the word. I believe he did. But he wanted him to meditate the word. And that's just re-speaking it. Because when you say it over and over, it gets in you deeper. It goes down farther in you. When you hear it with your inner ear, I don't sound to me like I sound to you. It's a different sound to me. I hear with my inner ear. And when I'm hearing the word over and over, it's in my inner ear. It has better chance of getting into my heart. And when it gets in our heart and gets big in us, that's when we believe it. Now, people a lot of times won't want to say the word like, I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus, which is a scripture, 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes we've been healed. They don't want to say that till they get healed because they feel like they're lying. Well, that's not the case. You're speaking your faith, not the circumstance, amen? That's what faith is. You speak what you want, not what you have. So if you're ill and you want healing and you believe God wants you to have healing, which he does, then you say it. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus according to the word that says by stripes I've been healed, 1 Peter 2, 24. Say it over and over. Mutter it. Now that is how we meditate day and night because we know we can't read the Bible day and night. We can't study day and night. But we can take the word in our heart and we can mutter it all day long. We can say it. We can utter it to ourselves. We can think on it. But more importantly in meditating is actually vocalizing it, saying the word. You don't have to be loud. You, can, you see people walking around all the time and driving cars, bah, 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 on the phone. Who cares? You can just talk anywhere you go. They'll think you're on the phone. <laughs> don't even worry about it. So just go ahead and speak the word all the time to your heart. The word that's in your heart's coming alive by you saying it. So what do we do? We say the word to our heart. And the word believes it. When the word believes it, the manifestation comes. Christ is formed in us, living out of us. The manifestation has come when we finally believe the word as it is.
because we meditated it. First of all, we took it in. We read it. We spent time with it. We grew up with it. We hung out with it. We were even skilled in it. We became trained in it. And we muttered it. And then we uttered it. And we spoke it to our hearts over and over. And as we did that, our heart believed it. It's one thing to say something and not believe it, but another to believe it because there's power on that word for you to believe. As out of there as it may seem, somebody dying on the bed with cancer on their last days and they're uttering the truth and the truth manifests. Praise the Lord. That's how it works. When we finally believe it from doing all of this stuff of growing up in it, then it manifests. It may not take that long. Because we got intercessors out there that are laboring, having labor pains for us. Hallelujah. And those, some of those might just be our pastors. They're laboring in the spirit for us to grow up. I know they are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love that part about re-speaking God's word. When we believe it and speak it, it works. Hallelujah. Uh, in Isaiah 55, you know the verse that says, Our thoughts are not his thoughts, and our ways are not his ways. It says his thoughts and ways are not ours, and by nature they're not. But when we meditate his thoughts and think on his words, and it gets down in us, it becomes our thoughts and our words because we're made in his image. That's how he designed it for us to walk and talk and act like our father. Who would have thought? And we can say, I can do this because I, I can grow up in the word. We can all grow up in the word. Why? Because God said we can and because we believe it and because we attend to the word and we put it in, praise the Lord. When we meditate the word, our circumstances will look different. It's kind of like looking at a glass half full or half empty. It's the same height. But when you look at it half full, it's a downer. When you look at it half, half empty, only half empty, it's an upper. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's If we're looking at the situation positively or negatively, if we're looking at it optimistically or pessimistically, if we're looking at it with hope, then it can change. We feel different about it. We see it different. We see potential. We see room for change when we look at it with hope. Praise the Lord. So we got one more scripture, First Peter 1.22, and then we'll go home. <laughs> we'll go home and meditate. <laughs> it says, since you have purified your souls... 
in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love for one another fervently with a pure heart. So see, that's how God wants us to be. Amen. He wants our souls, our mind, will, and emotions, our soul, wants it to be transformed like the word says in Romans 12 too. Be transformed so we obey the word because when our minds are changed, because we're changing our mind when, our, when we get transformed in the mind, we're changing our mind. We're changing our mind to think like the word. And then when we obey that word through the spirit, because we need his help, we can't do it on our own and don't even try because you're going to fall. So the Spirit's going to help us. And, and a lot of times I just ask the Spirit, you know, I'm going to need, and I say this, I'm going to need a little extra help here today. You know, I'm going to need a little extra help, Lord. Spirit of God, can you help me today more? Help me to see this better. Not that he doesn't help me enough, but I need more help to be better. Hallelujah. And you know what the one key thing is? For a mature person, this sounds to me like a mature people, don't you think? The one, the one thing you'll see in any mature Christian is they have a love for God and they have a love for people. If you don't see that, then they're not fully grown. We're not grown up till we can learn to walk the love walk and love God with everything in us, love the Word and love Love him with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength, and our body. And love our neighbor as ourself. If we can't love other people, just like all of these churches they were talking to, jealousy, envy, bickering, and fighting, and all kinds of things that the devil puts obstacles in our way to keep us from walking in God. But people, when we grow up in the Word, and we start hanging out with God more, and loving God more, and doing the right things, his love that he's already put in our heart. Romans 5, 5 says he's shed his love abroad in our heart when we got born again. He stirs that love up and everything we do in the word, every commandment, everything he's asked us to do is done out of the spirit of love. It's done out of the love of God. And that's a mature Christian. When you see them loving them loving others more than themselves, that's a love of God. When you see them loving and honoring God and willing to stick up for God in a public place, that's a love for God. But God's love ought to be, when we grow up in the Word where He wants us to be, His love is going to be so predominant on the church, on believers, that the world's going to be turned around and come to God. It's going to make a difference. People are going to come to God by the hordes when we start doing it. It takes more than a handful. It's going to take the whole body of Christ. But I believe it is the greatest commandment of all. It's the only commandment in the new covenant is to love God with all of our strength, our soul, and our body, and our neighbor as ourselves. That's, that's what we got to think about right there. Do everything we do out of and for the love of God. And then we'll be mature in God. And then our life's going to be good. God's going to make our life good. And for one thing, we're going to look at life a lot different when we're walking in love. We're not going to look at it the same way we do when we're away from it. But we can do it. God's growing us up. Say, I'm growing up in God.
I'm starting right now. I'm growing up in God. And we're not going to quit either. We're not going to fall away from it. We're going to grow up in God. Well, I want to thank you for hearing the truth tonight. And I believe right now you're big people in God just for coming out here tonight. I praise God for every single one of you. I love you. You're my brothers and sisters. I love you with all my heart. And so does Jesus. He's in love with every one of us. And whether we've been in the Word a lot or we've not been in the Word a lot, He still loves us. You know, but I want to please Him. I want to satisfy Him. And I want to bring Him great delight by doing what He says to do and by being in His Word and just dwelling with Him. Dwelling in the Word is dwelling with Him. So it's, things are always better when God's in it. Praise the Lord. Well, did you get anything? Well, let's stand up and... I'll pray and then you can be dismissed. And thank you again for loving God enough to come out tonight. You'll be blessed. Praise the Lord. Father, we're just so thankful for the word tonight. I just thank you, God. I believe that you have stirred it in our hearts. You've made a place and a mark in us that will never be changed. You've marked us for all eternity with this truth, Lord. We honor your word. We treasure your word, Father. And we're so grateful for the Holy Spirit that's working in us to help this word come alive in us and cause us to grow up and be the people of God that you've called us to be. We say tonight we love you, we honor you, and we honor your word. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.